This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 673 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. On this week's edition, we chat with Angela Ariati about fun things to do over the summer. And then our friend Patty Mayer talks about her horse being involved in the Para World Championship selection trials happening at Tryon. And then Reese and I will bring you a great series of tips. This is Reese Coppler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockland, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Reese. How are you? I love it. Well, it was really hot here today. So, (laughs) (laughs) and when I mean really hot, like heat index over 100, you know, the horses all came out today when they, uh, they were sweaty before we even started. So, uh, we did very light Monday work today. Uh, we are recording on a Monday and just cause we have various things going on in the summer. Things get a little bit more hectic, uh, as we record the show. So we have to get a little creative with our timings. Normally we record Thursdays, but today we're, it's a Monday. So my horses did some stretchy work, but again, it was so hot. You know, I didn't feel like I could really do a ton of work today. So, um, but we finished early and everybody went into the air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it's, it's beautiful here now and, uh, definitely not too odd, kind of a perfect day. So, uh, Ooh, we it. are waiting on a full, I th- think it's going to happen tonight. Uh, very exciting. Yeah. Everybody knows that I work for a small breeder, so this will be the second of two foals for the year or whatever. And that's always very exciting. I, I did a little bit of my own breeding prior to, working this job. And I think the foals are just my favorite part of all of it. You know, um, riding, I love and and dressage, of course I love, but, uh, foaling is, is a perfect time and it's very stressful. Hopefully it all goes well. And we have a, a beautiful, healthy foal tomorrow or the next day or the next day. I know the next day. Are you going to be there? Do you go in for the um, Well, it depends if it's middle of night. No, but um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Angela will will text me when, when it's imminent, anyways, and uh, whether I wake up or not is is another thing. But uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love going. I love going to the barn, and and everything's gone well, and it's just oh, it's a miracle of life. Yeah. Oh, how fun. I can't wait for pictures. Like that's going to be so exciting. And uh, we've got a good summer show. Again, we are kind of celebrating. I really like to celebrate like my birthday month. So we're celebrating our our anniversary month here uh, on the show. Um, Our 10 years of podcasting, uh, our official anniversary is at the end of the month, but we're really kind of taking this month and um, reminiscing with some friends and reminiscing with our sponsors and just having a really good time. And we have a really fun show. Angela Ariati is going to come on and talk about what to do with youngins at camp. And I have to report my niece went to her first pony club camp today. I haven't officially gotten the report from my sister 
who's been on the show, Lindsay, um, to see exactly how it went. But I got some pictures midday from a friend of ours that was there and uh, they were all getting ready. They had done their morning ride and they were going to the swimming pool in preparation for their evening rides. So, uh, so far, so good. I think I can't wait to to hear all about it. <laughs> My niece and I, we packed a little bit and we talked about packing and talked about how she needed to stay hydrated. And uh, so it'll be really fun to hear how her first pony club camp went. So I'm looking forward to that tonight. Well, we hope you enjoy our great show today. We're going to have a quick commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products and get into the show. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day. And most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight back on the show, we are so happy to have Angela Ariati of Ariati Equestrian Services in Kentucky, and she is the most amazing person with kiddos. So it's kiddo time. It's summer. So I wanted to have her back on the show. Welcome back, Angela. Thanks, guys. Happy summer. Happy summer. Your your kids are off school now, right? Yes. Are you? Oh, yeah. No, ours are, ours are in, ours are in, well, I don't personally have any, but ours are in until the end of the month. Yeah, no, our kids are all out of school and happy to be together again and, um, very excited for camp and pony club rally. Oh, it's happening. We're all gearing up for pony club rally in two weeks. And, um, we had our first week of camp this week and some newbies came in and so it's been very exciting. I love it. Well, so Angela, I was at your house and, and we were talking um, a little bit of, we wanted to talk about age groups and sort of what are some appropriate things to do with kiddos at each age group. So I'm going to let you take it away because I know you have everything prepared. Yes. 
(laughs) So it's really fun to spend some time with your kids, like slow things down during the summer a little bit. And one of um, the favorite things that my young group of kids, and that's the age of four to eight, love to do is beauty day on their ponies. They love this. So if you have, you know, your own farm, or even if you have your, your horses or ponies at a boarded facility, make some time to have beauty day. So they get the shampoo, they get to condition their tails, they get, you teach them how to braid. This is very good for them, for them to understand how to use their hands, um, trim up their ponies a little bit. Like I like to trim up their fat locks, maybe show them how to bang the tail, but don't glitter paint their hooves. We're not doing glitter. <laughs> no glitter. Uh, no glitter's glitter huge, and, and my niece is big in glitter toes. Yeah. So everybody, everybody around their house has glitter toes. But you know, it's fine. Yeah. Can I confess? Um, I really like Beauty Day for my horses, and I'm 42. So does that? What does that say? <laughs> I love Spa Day. Yeah. I like to beauty. I'm not gonna lie. Like I like to do. Yeah, that, so and, and like even like tell it really curry the ponies and be like, okay, I want you guys to find where your the special place is on your horse. We always talk about that. Um, if you know the groom Emma Ford, she's big on that too. You know, spend time with your horse, currying him, and find that special place that he likes a little scratch. And so they like doing that. They like to find it, and then currying him and spending, like you said, spa day. They love that. So that's number one, and they, they'll do hours of that, right? Then the other thing that I love to have them do is bareback day. And we don't call it bareback day. We just call it bareback ride. And it, this, sometimes this is hard, and we just get on, and we, we, just, they, we just walk around, or they follow their mommies. A lot of, I have a lot of um, young kids that parents are in their horses or, in their, or into horses. And so it's like, get on your pony bareback and follow your mommy around while she's trying to do her dressage pattern. <laughs> sure. Mommy loves that. Just saying. Yeah. It's, it's always fun, but not fast. It can be at whatever speed they feel comfortable with. And they're because subconsciously their body is finding the balance point. So the more they have playtime bareback, I have one little girl that she's got a very round pony. So he's like a table on the top and she gets on her little pony and they put her out in a little paddock and she just rides that pony back and forth and back and forth bareback all day long. Like that's all she does. And it's helping her balance point so much. So I think that's, that's really important. Then the other thing that I like to do, and some of my friends are really good at it. um, I tend to cheat and hide things when, So it's the scavenger trail ride. So you go on a walk trail ride and I have friends that actually know what different plants look like. Not me. I actually hide things on my scavenger hunt. (laughs) So like I'll hide a hook pick or I'll put a pitchfork out or I'll put a stuffed animal in the tree. And it's like, okay, we're going to go out and look for the owl. And the owl is actually a stuffed animal. But my friends, they'll go out on a scavenger hunt and they're looking for like the oak tree and the poison ivy or the, I don't know, all sorts of, Oh, the wild rose flowers or those really thorny trees. And they know all the names of it. And I think that that's nice because they're out in nature. They're feeling again, the uneven terrain, they're going, it's nice and slow, walk across the Creek, you know, that sort of thing. So it doesn't need to be fast. It can just be like riding out and, you know, nice, calm little scavenger trail house, but, but getting them to, to observe what's around them is important. So that's kind of the age from four to eight 
that's kind of like the things I would suggest there. And then I come to camp. I, I want to and then eight, eight to 11, you got to pick up the pace a little bit. So this is where you get to paint your pony, but it's not just like random acts of paint. Which, <laughs> oh, you know, geez. free range chicken kids that paint everything. I, I'm not into that. <laughs> I have a little more dressage etiquette in me. So it's, we're going to take blue and I want you to put the blue paint on the point of the shoulder. And I want you to put the red paint on the wither. And I want you to, and you go like that. And so now we're learning the parts of the horse, right? So sometimes I'll do certain colors. The primary colors will be like bony structures and then soft, the muscles or the like neck, shoulder, but barrel will be a certain other color. So they kind of get the idea that there's, so then we're starting to kind of narrow down between bones and soft tissue type things. So it's not random acts of paint. Just make it <laughs> educational. <laughs> <laughs> then this is a biggie, okay? And people don't really understand this, especially people who are in the horse industry that have children in the horse industry. Kids don't understand buckles and different types of buckles. So when you tell your child to put the pony's blanket on and they can't figure out how to do the buckle, it's not because there's something wrong with your kid. It's literally that you never taught it to do a buckle because you have got Velcro shoes. So sometimes what I'll do is the old blankets, like cut the different buckles off. And then I mean, you can do this at home on a rainy day, play, play, like mix it up and then have them put the different buckles together and how fast can they do the buckle? Because you'll be surprised at how difficult it is to do various different buckles. So like the buckle on a bridle or a buckle on the front of the blanket or the little straps on the back legs or the buckles under the belly, right? That's a, it's a hard buckle. They're adults that like don't do horses or like, what, what is this? You know, um, any little thing that's again with your hands that seems like stuff we do every day. Um, the double at clips, you'd be surprised. They don't know what to do that. So it's a puzzle day. So puzzle day is the different buckles and taking the bridle apart and putting it back together and then tying the hay net, tying a slip knot or a quick release knot and doing that like to, to a contest to like speed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because that's so cool. they can't do their hay nets. I mean, like by 11, they got to be doing their hay nets, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or, you know, or being able over. to uh, safely tie a pony up or, you know, or a horse or, exactly. or whatever, right. you know, they, yeah. I mean, they can't have, so they, they can't have somebody just do it all for them because it's quicker. Right. So right. it's, and, it's and interesting to, uh, yeah, to let them take the yeah. time to figure it out, but then to, to actually know how to do it. Exactly. So summertime is the time to slow down and take your time. So you're not like thinking, Oh gosh, can you just tie the darn pony up so I, so we can get on with it? You know, take your yeah. time. Like spend time doing that. We spend time at camp and we give them an hour, almost an hour or 15 minutes. You're going to go catch your pony. You're going to tie it up. You're going to brush it. You're going to, you know, take the time and take the time to let them figure out how to use their hand and figure out how to get the hay net into the loop, you know, high enough 
and that sort of thing. Take the time. Then the other thing is a lot of kids have a little trouble with the letters in the dressage arena. And we always talk about all King Edward's horses can make big fences. But some kids are not verbal like that. These days, they're really visual. So what we do is we take stuffed animals like um, a giraffe or a bear, and we put the bear on top of the bee. And instead of learning, so you have stuffed animals that relate to the letter, right? Or A for apple, a C for cat, things like that. And you put the stuffed animal or the figure over the letter. And then you call out either the letter or the stuffed animal that's over it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm thinking thinking we need to do this with Addie. Yeah, I think this is great with my niece. I'm like, what? You can say, um, go, go to B and then they have to get the bear and they have to bring the bear back to its house. So one of the the little tiny kids call it zoo. So we have the zoo animals that match the letters. And then you have like a little circle in the middle of the ring and you have to go get the animal that matches the letter and put it back in, in the zoo, which is the circle, or you do it opposite. You have a barrel with them all on and you say, take the animal that matches the bee. So you, they ha- you have to see them grab bear and put it a- a- on top of the bee. Did you follow that? Yes. Yeah, that is that's, so that's, cool. Uh, I think I yeah, need to go to the four to eight. Yeah. I'm in the four and eight year old camp zone. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that would be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a really fun game. And it's a really fun game for them to, because they'll start recognizing the letters more and more and more and understand every time they pick up the butterfly or the bear, they're going to that side of the ring and going to that letter. Because like for me, I had to learn the simple, the intro test and the training test. You don't really need to know the letters, right? If you just know the end circles and the middle circles, <laughs> right? Yeah. what else is there? You know, what else is there really? That's an adventure for you right there. <laughs> so then we get on to the older kids, the 12 to 19 kids. The 12 to 19 kids, they really need to feel like they're big kids. Okay. And um, they need to have selfie days. I hate to say it, but they need to have a lot of selfies with their horses. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This was not a thing when, when we were all coming through. Yes. Yeah, so what do you do for selfie day? Well, you just have to set up a little photo, like, you know, like the brides do, like they'd set up a little truck. You know, Meadow Lake has that, right? They have a little truck area, old truck, and you sit there and you take your picture if you're a bride or whatever. So you can set up a a hokey little photo thing with the hay, and they're all sitting on the hay, holding their horse, getting their horse to hug them, giving their horses kisses. I mean, they'll do that all day long. It's ridiculous, really. <laughs> I find it crazy. And, and really, I don't really encourage it, but I have to say that they really like it. <laughs> yeah, I can but see it. To me, the, one, the things that I think that are a little more um, challenging, educational, and help them get confidence, which we all know is very important, is a camping trip. So if you can plan a camping trip with your kid and take them to like, um, one year I was taking the Shawnee national park and it was incredible. I, I mean, I, I, it was incredible. You can get guides at some of these national parks and they'll actually, you can ride for like six to eight hours. They'll tell you the history of like the trail that you're on. And like at Shawnee national park, we rode this trail where the Indians 
rode up the hill and they would run the buffalo off and then the buffalo like fell to their death so they could oh. eat the buffalo. But oh. it was like this incredible hill and it, and they just tell you all sorts of history while you're riding. And it's really, really fun. And then you feel like you're, you've conquered the world because of the things that you rode up and down these hills and you went through these big rivers. And I mean, you feel empowered. Well, that's, just, uh, that's an oh, adult summer camp thing too. Yeah. You know? I was going to say, yeah, like... And then you can like, you can camp in like caves and obviously you need the right horse for this. You know, your grand Prix dressage horse might not be going on the Shawnee <laughs> national trail. Ride. Uh, oh, yeah, I would not around the farm. See, see <laughs> if you can borrow could... a fjord. Are, yeah, yeah exactly. They're tough. Yeah, but some of these parks, they actually have really good quarter horses or like some Tennessee walking horses. And I mean, it's in in um, North Carolina, they have some great trail trips and stuff. And it's just a really good experience again. And I like the one that I went on that my friends took me on that the, the guide actually told us the history of the trail and who had ridden there. And I know in Kentucky, there's like Daniel Boone and I mean, it's just, it's really, it was really interesting. And everybody that went, even the teenagers that we took, loved it. Um, and it wasn't all just, you know, Yahoo around there, whatever. And then again, I haven't done this, but I know kids that have done this is that they go out West and they do the, the cattle drives. Again, yes. they come back incredibly well-balanced and endurance. Um, they <laughs> <laughs> have a lot more endurance. Um, Hound walking is another thing that I do think is a good experience for kids. Again, it's walking the hounds. It's not fox hunting. It's walking the hounds. And it's really good because, number one, they've got to control their pace a little bit and not step on hounds. <laughs> yeah. And then They don't like that. And <laughs> no, no, that's not good. And, and, like, you learn different verbiage, like hark. Hark means to be quiet. Um, which you can use in the grocery store. Hey, kid, hark, hark. Everybody shut up. <laughs> Instead of saying shut yep. up, you could just be like hark, and they'll all be quiet. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think, sometimes you can't go to like away shows. Some of my kids who event, they, they, we're all locally. I know that hasn't happened, but locally we, we don't have to travel very far here in Kentucky. And so sometimes the kids are like, I just want to go to one away show, you know, something that's four hours away and it's like a destination, like going to Tryon or going to um, Aiken, North Carolina. This is a destination show. So if you go spend time with your kid, kind of see the site, learn how to, you know, stay in a hotel, do it, do it up, you know, do it right yeah. if you can do yeah. it. I remember that was a big thing when I was a kid. I remember going to my first away show, which was Lake Erie College. Like it was a big deal. Like I remember it was so fun. You feel like you're famous. You feel like you're, you know, you're, you're going to the Olympics or something. It's a big thing. And they come back with a lot more confidence. The other thing again is teach your kids to braid, teach them to braid and don't teach them how to braid one braid, teach them how to braid many braids, teach them how to do hunter braids, teach them how to do that new, like with the long mane, I do it. I braid down, I loop up and I'm linking, I guess it's called a link braid but it's like a button braid and then it links to the next one and then a button and it links to the next one. And then I, I was at the quarter horse show and there was some different braid I'd never done before. Oh, I had to learn it. Um, 
Teach mm-hmm. them to braid. The other reason you want to teach them to braid, again, you have free labor. This is very important. If they like to braid, now you have your own braider. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I, I know some, some uh, teenagers that, that braid for people at the yeah. shows and earn a little bit of money. And, yeah. and uh, that's, right. you know, that, that's a useful skill, right? And, and mm, it's always in demand, easy. right? So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And then I find great. that the kids who really like braiding, like I have kids that if they really like braiding, then they'll come to be a Miss Angela. I'm, I'm going to braid for people. And blah, blah. I said, well, Miss Angela suggests people, you know, like the hunt comes to me and says, can you hire, can you get us a braider? Well, they have to prove to me that they can braid a braid that's well enough to be paid for. Yeah, and once they yeah, get approval, then I sell them to the hunt or to my hunter friends. But learning the different types of braids is really important. Then the last thing is for kids with their driver's license. And that is, there is no reason why in the summer you can't hook up your truck and trailer, take them to a big parking lot and drive the truck and trailer around. This is Learning a big deal. to drive the truck yeah, and trailer this, is a very yes. good skill for when you're sick and your kid can drive but has not dri- driven the truck and trailer yet. This is very important. No, <laughs> it is. Very it, good yeah, my mom have. did this with us. Yep. My mom did this. She took us to the horse park. So, you know, we could, we can go to the horse park and it's a park. And then we went to it. There's another local park and she taught us how to back up and she taught us how to, so no, we did that because she would have us drive same, same concept that we needed to drive. Yeah, I mean, I learned how to drive the truck and trailer at 14 on highway five in California. My dad was tired. He pulled over. He said, it's a straight line for the next three hours. Get in the truck and drive straight. And I did. Yeah. I mean, it was totally yeah. illegal, obviously, but um, but I can drive a truck and trailer anytime, anywhere, and turn it and back it. Um, yeah, and I think practice. And, and people don't want to do that. I don't really understand that. that. I mean, obviously not illegal, but once they have their license and they're driving, teach them how to hook the trailer up. Teach them how to drive it. And actually, again, I feel like the more independence at the older age that you give them, the more confidence they get, the more confidence they get, the more they're going to try things, the more they're going to ride better. Cause we all know that's a big part of it. I love it. First of all, oh, I, I really do want to come more. to Yeah. What's the other I one? I have one more. And I don't know if this is possible anymore around, but we used to have parks that we could actually swim our horses in and do they have that up in Canada where you can take your horse swimming? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, really? we've got the we've got the Great Lakes, you know. So oh yeah, um, it's it's not but at all locations, but parts of it. Is there places where you could actually get in and swim safely? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, cool. That's so cool. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, mean not not at all thing. beaches, but at, for sure at uh, at at some beaches, you're gonna have to do a little bit of research. But uh, yeah, I mean you. Lots of the lots of the beaches on the Great Lakes are sandy, and you know you just you you just walk in, and eventually the horse will swim. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so I think that that's kind of a real fun, a different experience, and you feel the horse differently, and it's just it's a nice, cool weather thing to do. The younger kids riding in sprinklers is great. So, and I actually the last day of camp, everybody gets into a water trough. And they think they're just swimming in their water trough, but they're actually kind of cleaning the water trough for me. Yeah, they cleaned it. Yeah, I did that. I would clean the water trough in the summer and jump in. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was great. 
So, I mean, it was yeah. the reason um, to clean the water drop. It was awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's all, you know, again, slow it down, realize that some of the things that you're impatient about during the normal year of work and school, you know, you could spend time just having patience and letting them try it. Yeah. Let them try it. And the more confidence they get, the better everything's going to go. Well, and you're really good about that. You taught my sister and I that, you know, my sister brought my niece up to you and, you know, she was, you you know, you just kind of put her in there and she had to learn how to tack up and she was, and you know, of course my sister just was doing it for, for the speed and just to, you know, like let's ride so we can go eat dinner kind of thing. Um, so it was good to, you're like, no, she'll be okay. (laughs) You're famous around. How long is this going to take? I know. I love it when people go, how long is this going to take? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take. <laughs> yeah, it could take a while. It could take a while. But I, I do love know it. if they want to ride, they will get that tack on that horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. They will. Well, Angela, I, thank you so much for all your ideas. Where can our listeners find you online if they have any more questions for you? Um, Ariadne Equestrian Services. You can find us at ariadnehorse.com. And then we have a Facebook page, Ariadne Equestrian Services, where you can see kind of what the kids are doing. Um, those are the ways. So there I you go. I love it. Thanks, Angela. Yep. We love it. Great ideas. All right. You guys have a great summer. Have fun. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, everybody had a favorite morning drive show in the days we all listened to radio. They were goofy, funny, and entertaining. You can have that again, only this time it focuses on life with horses. We are here every weekday on your podcast player. Search for Horses in the Morning and come join us. We are a little goofy, hopefully funny and entertaining, and you might learn something along the way, too. We are the world's leading daily podcast about horses since 2010, with over 2,600 episodes for you to binge on. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? Pull your phone out of your pocket, blow off the hay, and subscribe to Horses in the Morning. Well, tonight for our 10-year anniversary month show, we have good friend of mine, Patty Mayer, back on the show. She's been on a lot and been a huge supporter of ours. So, Patty, welcome. Thank you, and congratulations. How exciting, 10 years. That's that's actually a huge achievement. (laughs) <laughs> well, you you come from media background and from movies, and so you do know a lot about what it's like to have a show go for ten years. It's it's a it's a lot. Yeah. It's a commitment for sure. It's a lot. I mean, you know, some of the I would guess there are fairly few TV series, even, and you would, would know the names of all of them that have lasted ten years or more. I mean, it's a big deal. <laughs> well, we've we've been very lucky to have people like yourself, friends of ours, that have come along this journey. And, and a lot of times, you weren't even kicking or screaming. You just were like, okay, when do you want me to come on? You're always amazing. <laughs> and uh, you and I have been friends much longer than 10 years. We well, True. Probably, True. Goodness. Ooh. Yeah. It's at, a long at least time. 20 years. Over 20 like, years. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Like late <laughs> 90s. Yeah, and yeah, for- <laughs> that's yeah. It's a long time. Ah, it's okay. But and yet we're young. You in particular, of course, are young. I'm in particular not, but that's okay. It all works out. 
But I think too, I mean, that is literally, uh, you know, a huge part of the horse industry and all of us, I think that's what I, I think Phil and I would say this together. We hope that people see that, like we have our friends on the show to basically talk about horse training and it's, we try to keep it very similar to a phone call that we would have if we were talking about or sitting around having a glass of wine around the fire pit. Um, and, uh, this week we've been working together again. I got kind of an SOS call um, last week. I did. I no. gave you an SOS call. <laughs> yeah, I got an SOS call that uh, on on a Saturday night, late actually. I don't think I talked to you till Sunday morning that your horse was arriving here on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So, and, so uh, by back by backstory for your listeners, uh, my horse Cato, who it does Grand Prix with me has been ridden in CPEDIs, which is a para-dressage version of a CDI. Um, he's been ridden by two different para-dressage riders in, in CPEDIs to a fair amount of success, especially since they don't ride them regularly. One of them actually just catch rode him. So there's a grade four para-rider who's 14 years old and has cerebral palsy, whose name is Genevieve, rode him at the CPEDI in Temecula, whenever it was, a month ago. And um, and my friend Mia Rodier Davalo rides him fairly regularly in competition. And so the poor thing has to do, you know, Grand Prix with me <laughs> and then grade two para dressage with Mia. And then, then he's also done grade four para with, with Genevieve. And Mia is trying out for the WEG on him, which is in Tryon, which is not that far from Reese's Farm, five and a half hours from Reese's Farm. And the only flight to get him from Los Angeles to the East Coast was, you know, a flight last Tuesday, not this Tuesday, and he's not competing for a couple more days, to Indianapolis. And then it was like, oh, wait, now what? So I did. I gave you a call saying, could he stay with you for a week? So thank you very, very much. Oh, well, again, that's what friends are for. And at the end of the day in the horse world, if Patty calls and needs some help, I am happy to help her. And it was super fun. Uh, plus, we got to ride Patty's Grand Prix horse, which is never sad um, no, to do. And he, he's been here before. Patty came. Um, so I knew him. He had been here before. And he was no trouble. But it was kind of funny because... Um, you know, again, you get an SOS call from a friend in this business. And, and cause I guarantee there will be an SOS call from me another time. And there has been for this show for, in particular, uh, a few times when you've had a guest not show up and I'm like, Hey Patty, what you doing at six yeah. 30? <laughs> yeah. um, but I'll tell so, you, it is what we all do for each other. I've got, in fact, two horses who are flying to Europe. One of whom is one of our international competition horses, one of our, you know, elite horses are coming to my house tomorrow because they need horseshoes before they get in an airplane to Europe. And so the horses and the ferry are all meeting at my house. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow. So yes, it's what we, you know, and so my horses are going to go sit out in corrals overnight and have an outside night because I've got a stallion and a gelding showing up. So yes, it is what we all do for each other. It is. It is. And it's worth yeah, it. I mean, it's a, it's a big community and it spans, you know, almost the entire globe. Um, mm -hmm. And even though even even if you haven't, you know, talked to somebody in 10 years or so, I mean, you, you all you can always you know that you have those friends that you can call and say, you know, or, or like, do you know someone? Right. Like it's it's yeah. even if I personally don't know anybody I, I or can't help, I can certainly refer you to somebody who I think could help. And then it's, you know, that that network of of people you can text or call is is right there. You know, it's like, you know, it, it predated Facebook. That's for sure. 
Yeah, it's for sure. And it's for sure six degrees of separation. I mean, that's, which is great. I mean, which is great, especially when, you know, you've competed around the world and you know people in, you know, far, far afield and you're, and you need something. It's so nice to be able to, you're right, pick up the phone, pick up a text, do a WhatsApp, send an email, Facebook message someone, whatever, and know that you have a community who can do things. Fabrice also got my horse body clipped because he's going to North <laughs> Carolina from Southern California. So, you know, where you say, okay, help. Yeah. <laughs> I need to dash my horse. I need him ridden and I need him body clipped. Can you help him? Reese is like, absolutely. We so got that it. was great. <laughs> yeah, we got this. It, it was great. So we wanted to talk a little bit because there is a para uh, CPEDI for the WEG. Um, oh, it's not, it is technically not the WEG, but it is the world championships. Um, uh, yeah. that, that is, yeah. yeah. We'll be, we'll be technically correct. Um, that is happening. And so we talked a little bit about what it is, but talk to us a little bit about, you know, again, Cato is a Grand Prix horse. He's come here to, to the U S dressage finals. Um, you competed him all the way through CDI level. So tell us what has it mm-hmm. been like to train para riders? Well, I mean, to me, it's been super interesting. I mean, I've only taught two. I mean, Mia, I've been teaching for, I don't know, 18 months, something like that. And she is an extraordinary athlete. I mean, she was, before she was injured, she was a dancer and a contortionist. And so while she, there are parts of her body she can't control at all, her legs just flap along, there are parts of her body she really can control. She has a great deal of education about her body because she was a dancer. And, you know, much more, she knows body parts in a way I don't, like, you know, muscle groups and stuff. When she's strong enough, she can sit up like a goddess on a horse. You know, again, her legs just kind of flop along in a kind of haphazard way. But every other part of her body, or most other parts of her body, she can control. Maybe not be not maybe not with a huge amount of strength, but you know she can sit evenly on a horse, and she's a very smart rider. So Mia and her husband Matt and I have kind of gotten good at having at, at explaining to horses or helping horses understand. Mia's aids versus an able-bodied person's aids. I do teach my horses voice aids anyway, so they do go forward from a cluck. Um, and I will usually kiss to canter them. I mean, obviously, but I obviously use normal able, able-bodied aids as well because I want them engaged and I want them sitting and all of that stuff. So we usually will start her out on the lunge line. She carries two whips and she has pretty good control over her hips. And she's able, and what we do is we simply have her give her aid, and then we'll back it up with what a horse, what the horse understands, which is a normal lunging aid. And it really doesn't seem to take them long at all to figure her out. Or at least it hasn't taken most of the horses that, that we've trained this way, have really kind of figured her out super fast. And, it's, and they're very, very happy with it. I mean, you know, bless Cato, he is an okay Grand Prix horse. He's not the most enthusiastic piaffer in the world. But boy, a, you know, a medium walk to a stretchy circle walk and a working trot to a, to a lengthened trot, he is all about that. And what makes him pretty good at this, and she has her own horse as well, who's quite good at, as a para horse, and we've had other horses for her too, is that they're easy on the bit. So they're light in her hands. So she doesn't, you know, because she can't push with her legs and they are responsive to both a vo- to a voice aid and maybe a little jiggle with a whip because that's really all she's got. She's got her hips and she can use them very well, 
but you're not going to get a horse out of the halt who otherwise doesn't want to go out of the halt <laughs> because, yeah. you know, she can't spur them or anything and she can't kick at them. So it's been super interesting as a process and, you know, to watch how horses learn to go from how horses translate from one set of aids to another set of aids. And I've just found it fascinating. I mean, I don't normally teach, you know, it's not like I've had this huge experience teaching people who aren't able-bodied or children or, you know, people who don't age like an adult. And it's been really interesting to watch horses figure it out. I mean, Mia could could for sure and absolutely will ride Cato through third-level tests. And, you know, she could probably ride him through fourth-level test one, like today, in a snaffle. And because they just have an understanding. And it's so interesting to watch. The other thing that's been interesting to watch is, you know, we've talked about him before because he's, you know, he's historically a spook. And, you know, he is by Glox Johnson, who is by Jazz. He's out of a Gribaldi mare. You know, you kind of couldn't get worse breeding in terms of spooking and bolting and bucking. And he does none of that with her, or at least knock wood, hasn't so far. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Never so say far, never. By, has, by never say never. never. So far, now granted he's a little older now, he's 15, but so far mm-hmm. he's done none of that with her. And Genevieve, who is, you know, a 14-year-old with cerebral palsy, you know, and she's grade four, she's much more able-bodied. But Genevieve is itsy-tiny, like she's a slender 14-year-old, and took him in a CPEDI a few weeks ago. The wind had the flags flapping, able-bodied people couldn't get their horses in the arena. I mean, in CDI, like able-bodied CDI riders. Had to withdraw. And Kato was just like, Kato had one little spook. Genevieve gave him a kick. He was like, yeah, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It was so interesting. I mean, just, you know, I wish I understood better how horses translate that. But suddenly they go into, I'll take care of this for you, ma, mode, which he absolutely does not do for me. For me, he's (laughs) like, yeah, yeah. Good luck. let's Let's see what I can do. Good luck. I may or may not cooperate, but he does. I mean, it's so, again, it's just fascinating to watch because me and I shared him at a horse show um, two weeks ago, you know, so I rode him in the Grand Prix and she rode him in grade two para on the same days. And he was perfectly happy to do both. It was so interesting to watch. And we've done that repeatedly. So there you go. I mean, I just, it, it kind of reminds me how interesting and in some ways adaptable horses are. and. They have memories that are so specific. Do you know what I mean? Like, he will remember how I ride him, but he also remembers how Mia rides him. And he doesn't confuse the two. And I just, again, I just find that interesting. And I certainly don't have a scientific explanation for it. That that is above my pay grade. But I certainly find it fascinating to watch. So, and then, if we, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, competition stuff, then the poor horse... (laughs) Has to get on an airplane, <laughs> fly to fly to Indianapolis, get banned to Reese's place, spend a week at Reese's place. He's now getting, you know, with luck, he has he will have five minutes ago kind of thing arrived in North Carolina, yes. and then he then he competes and then he flies home. I mean, that's obviously we Quite do a things like for a person, have, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously we do things like you know I have vets meet him when he lands from airplanes, and I have him you know, hydrated, you know, I have, I have him, them hang, you know, bags and dehydrate and, and rehydrate him. And, you know, he gets days of walking and he gets, I mean, he gets treated very nicely, 
but that's tough. Wow. It is tough on them. And they are generous creatures. I mean, it's pretty impressive. No, it's 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 so cool to see him. And yeah. we wish you guys the best of luck this week at Tryon. We are going to be absolutely cheering you guys on. It's so fun to hear, you know, how you've transitioned him into the para world. And yeah. uh, we thank you. And Patty, again, we thank you for all your support. And um, how can we find you online? Ah, well, I mean, I'm best reached by email at baileywickhouse at gmail.com. B-A-I-L-I-W-I-C-K-H-O-U-S-E at gmail.com. And I'm on Facebook sporadically, not as often as I should be. Or my phone number for text is 310-729-3365. And, oh, and hey, at some point they're going to change the dressage test again and we can go through and redo all of our dressage test stuff. I know. We went through all of the levels with Patty. We did a whole series, I think during COVID, wasn't it? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was. Exactly. It was the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were yeah, we did a COVID and, year. Yeah. 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 Well, well, then before before we let you go, Patty, I have to ask you. You know, kind of thinking about that series, what is in the fruit stand today? Oh, right. So <laughs> yes, so I have a fruit stand. So here's so here's here are the fruit stand offerings. Although I need to restock it. Okay. Peaches. We have two quats. I Ooh. still have blood oranges and regular oranges. Lots of, I have pomelos. Um, at least we think they're pomelos. They may be the sweetest grapefruit in the world. Yes. Yeah, so nice. So nice. And for whatever reason, one, like two grapevines ripened incredibly early, and they aren't the variety of grape I thought they were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some sort of a slightly unidentified grape that isn't a Concord. It doesn't have seeds. And it's, but it's super sweet and it's definitely a table grape, not a wine grape. So who knows? <laughs> it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a Pinot Grigio grape. Definitely not that. Oh, that's so <laughs> The funny. Pinot Grigio grapes are not ripe yet and they won't be ripe until like, you know, August, September. Um, and, oh, and I've got a ton of finger limes. So wow. as per usual, I have more citrus. Oh, and it's the last of the artichokes. Oh my gosh. Oh, there's so much going on. Uh. So oh, there's much a going lot on. going on. There's like Everybody a next year I'm gonna have cherries. I'm so excited. What? I just planted some <laughs> yeah. cherry trees. Lovely. So if everybody wow. knows, we would get an update during COVID of what Patty had in her fruit stand. And she started this fruit stand at her farm in California where she would put her extra fruit out and her neighbors would come and get it. Um right. and so it was it was it, we talked about it a lot. And so I know Phil and I are always <laughs> like, when do we get to get a package from the fruit scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you come to if you come down to try on this week, I'm going to bring a bunch of apples because I do have apples as well at the moment. Love it, love but, it. Well, thank yeah, you so you much, go. Patty. Thank you so much, and congratulations on ten years. It's pretty impressive. I mean, it's really <laughs> great. Congratulations. Well, thank, thank well we appreciate it having you know having friends like you and and help us out with the show. And there's only so much content that Reese and I can can bring to our listeners. Um, and without people like you, that it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened. Oh, well, any old time. I like talking. <laughs> I'll talk to you <laughs> guys soon. Bye, Patty. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. Bye.
Well, Phil, before we have our trust design trainer tip of the week, we wanted to talk about how great the halters are and how much we love them. You and I have both been pretty busy this summer out and about, and uh, my boys uh, are looking really sharp in their trust design. And I know you used them at the horse show this last weekend as well. Yeah, they, they are great, great designs and great quality halters that, uh, that we appreciate. Trust Design so much uh, for sponsoring our show and uh, allowing us to bring you all these great tips. I love it. And we have a listener uh, discount code for listeners, don't we? Yes. That 10% code is uh, entered at the checkout. That's HRN for 10% off. Fantastic. Well, we love it. And we have to thank Trust Design and Justin there. He has been such an amazing sponsor for us and the show. We would not be here without him. Thanks to Justin and the Trust Design team for all their support. So we've got a great tip. Uh, I've actually sent this to you. I think sometimes I'm, when I'm on the internet I'll, I'll, or poking around, I'll send you things. So this was one of the things I sent you because I felt like it was really important. So do you want to get started? Yeah, yeah, of course. This uh, comes to us from uh, the FEI page. And this is tips for young equestrians from professionals, successful professionals. But I think they're just great tips for anyone who is riding and, and working on working on getting better that uh, you can you can follow these tips and and hopefully uh, you know make you a better rider or more more successful at the shows or for all things equestrian so without further ado let's uh, let's bring bring you this first one is to become a better rider you have to be open to criticism so I think yes. that's uh, you know <laughs> here it's number one I think this is uh, you know kind of number one in my book too it's uh, mm you know, we all have to have a, a, a certain ego to be able to go out there and, and do our thing, especially if you're a, a competition rider, but uh, always be willing to put your ego aside and, and learn something new. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe it isn't delivered in the best way. Um, but at the end of the day, you hope you're working with people that really want to see you get better and um, are trying to motivate you or uh, sometimes criticism is hard. We've, we've both had it. I, I'm, I'm sure I've called Phil many times and, uh, you know, cried a little in my soup, if you want to say, but at the end of the day, like that's, we're all trying to get better here and we're all working and to be with a positive team that helps you uh, is really, really, really helpful. All right. I think, I've, yeah. I think okay. there's a saying, you know, that I try yeah. to, to go by whenever, you know, somebody's going to criticize me or, or, you know, just getting a, a test score sheet back and, and looking at the comments is to really to think about what is the most generous interpretation of what somebody has said. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we always go towards, you know, the, you know, what's the most negative interpretation. But right. if, if you want to uh, think about criticism in a way that's going to help you is, you know, what is the generous part of what somebody is trying to say to you? And that, that, that's always helped me and guided me to not think that, oh, you know, somebody hates me or, or I, I look terrible or, or whatever. It's just like, try to think about the interpretation of, of what somebody is, is or, or their intent behind what they've said. Right. So right. That's, uh, that, that, that's helped me in, in a lot of situations. Yeah, okay. for sure. For number two, <laughs> be relentless. Yes, it's true. It, it, and being relentless, okay, 
I, I do have to say, um, I really appreciate this when I have someone apply for like a job in the horse world. Cause I do a lot of times I'll get a, get a job and I say, Hey, listen, uh, I'm in Florida. I'm not hiring right now, but can you email me back in March? And it's also a little bit of a test. <laughs> so if anybody ever applies for a job now, you know, the secret, and that is, I want to know that they want to email me back and want to be a part of the team or whatever it may be. And that is that email back in March or that email back again to say, Hey, no, I'm really, I really want to be with you. I, I am so dedicated to this, et cetera. And that goes a really long way, but that's the same with riding. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, the sport is going out every day and getting 1% better or Five, uh, you know, 0.5% better or whatever. Every day is working a little bit harder at moving forward. And I'm pretty relentless. I think Phil, you are too. Um, so what do you think? Yeah. Every day I kind of try to wake up with, you know, the, the morning motto is uh, rise and grind. Cause this, I love it. Or is a grind um, emotionally, physically, all these things. So you just gotta, you know, try to do something every day that is going to move you forward. So just rise and grind and it's hard. You're tired, all those things, but just, just keep doing it. Right. Just keep coming back. Just keep show, showing up. Just showing up is, is half the battle. Right. Yeah. Especially horse training that they're, they're trained over many months and years. You can't think of, you know, making progress in terms of days and weeks and hours. It's uh, it's just, it's just a grind. And, and, you know, uh, we we talked about not too long ago. We talked about light bulb moments. I mean, you're not going to have light bulb moments if you're not grinding away, working at things, and 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 trying trying to get better. I love that. I absolutely love it, and it's true. It's it's that's what this sport is. And there's ups and downs. And I always celebrate. Tell people to celebrate the ups and try to keep their head up when they're down because we all have them. We have the ups and downs. That's horses, and know that. It, that it'll come back up again. So, uh, but yeah, I love it. Be relentless. I love it. That's exactly what we do every day. All right. Number three. Yeah. Three and four, we're going to put together. This is, uh, number three is good riding isn't enough. And four is always be learning. I think those two go together because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, three is, is about good all round horsemanship because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a holistic picture. And then four, always be learning. I mean, uh, about horsemanship, you know, that applies there too, but about everything to do to do with your horse, because, you know, in the end, it's it's your responsibility. It's not your coach's responsibility. It's, it's your responsibility to look at if things aren't going well, how, how are how are you going to get them towards that, uh, that goal? Yeah. Well, and again, uh, you know, we always praise the listeners to the show. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to the show, you're interested in the sport and you want to learn more about it. Um, that's what we designed the show for. Um, and that's why we have a book club, all these little things that we try to, to give you more and more information to open your mind and to give you more information about being better horse people. I mean, that's why some of our content isn't always about dressage, right? Because at the end of the day, it's managing these athletes and it's difficult and it takes a lot of time and effort and energy by a whole team of people to make these horses um, do what they do well every day and, and to, to let the grind happen, if you want to say it's like that. And uh, you can always learn. And um, 
I think as I've gotten older as a trainer, obviously, you know, doing this podcast, we get advice and things from a lot of different people that I wouldn't have even thought about. And I'm so thankful that this pushes you and I, Phil, to learn more and to always be talking more. And I always feel like we can do things better. And, you know, that's where my friends and colleagues come in and my coaches. And, you know, it is truly a sport that you never know enough in the sport because you may think you got it on one and then you get a new horse in your barn the next day and nothing that you were doing applies to that horse. And you've got to have lots of tools in that toolbox. So we want to, we want to keep that going. So I love those always learning and good writing isn't enough is exactly right. Okay. Number six is something that we, uh, we talk about a lot and it's not just, um, you know, as far as competitions, but you have to always be improving your mental game. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've had sports psychologists on, we, we've had, you know, people who are, are looking, who have written books, uh, a couple of books have to do with this. The, the mental part of, of riding is so, it's so important that uh, you can you can never stop working on this as well. And I mean, uh, I've learned so much just by, again, reading the books we've done on the mental aspect of riding through the podcast. And also, I've, I've also worked with a sports psychologist for myself. I needed some help and um, they were amazing. So lots of lots of helpful tips for sure on, you know, getting better and better. And Phil, there was also one of them is consistency is key. And boy, is that true? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's just we're we're just um, we're turning toward you know to the to the rise and grind and and to the you, know, you got to be really trying to be a reliable partner for your horse and um, you know so mo- most horses can only be ridden forty five minutes a day uh, right. you know that kind of thing or to be trained forty five minutes a day but. But the key is doing it every day or doing uh, doing it as much as you can, you know, to, to get that time in the saddle. And you, you don't have to be uh, training and running through tests every day, but you got to be doing something with the horse because, you know, you've only got so much time. They don't live that long. So if we're, no. we're going to try, try to train our horses the best we can, we, we've got to try to get in the time. Well, and just that's just part of it. Right. And it's the same if you were working out or, you know, the more consistent you can be, the better you will be. And it's the same with horses. They need, and and horses, especially as you get up the levels, I've I've always found my FEI horses on the day, they can, they're okay with one day off because that's consistent, right? We have Sundays off pretty much here, maybe Mondays, but most of all Sundays. So Sunday's very quiet here, but as Monday morning comes back around and they're like, <clears throat> and if, you know, one of us happens to be to on vacation. Or they're ready to do something because yeah. that's a big yeah. part of their day. You know, the yeah. other the other 23 hours of every day, they're, you know, they're in, in their fields or, or, you know, in their stable and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but but your interaction with them becomes uh, an important part of their their schedule and their day. And mm-hmm. and I think they, you know, they, they miss it when. Yeah. When you give them time off it's not necessarily good for a horse to have uh, you know to have a ton of time off or or to only be working now and again or or you know to not have that that schedule and that's very true you know i i have the pleasure of working with some really top level event horses and it is very much in their schedule that they get vacation 
if that makes sense. Like those horses, they'll go really hard. They'll, they'll go get ready for a Land Rover or a Burley. And then those horses will get time off. They'll get a couple weeks of just in the paddock, but those horses are used to that dressage horses. I mean, very rarely will they get, maybe, maybe get, they get two, but after about two days off, my horses are there. It's not, it's more stressful to them that they're not doing something. So, I mean, I've been known to put tech on, walk them around the arena once and go back in and they're fine. You know, they're like, Oh, okay. We're cool. Like we've ridden today. <laughs> they, uh, but they don't do particularly well. My, my horses just have never done that. Cause they're so, they love the routine and they love doing it every day. So uh, number seven, work ethic is critical. <laughs> yeah. Phil and I, Phil and I work multiple jobs. That's very normal. And, and it doesn't feel like work cause we get to do what we love and we get to be with our horses but I do tell my students um, at the university, I'm like, if you're, but I don't actually care what business you're going to go into, whatever you're going to go into, you're going to have to have a good work ethic, you know? Um, well, I think, I think, you know, we're very lucky you and I, and in, in that we, we were able to choose a job that is also a lifestyle so mm-hmm. that, so that, you know, we, we're involved with horses a lot, you know, seven, you know, sometimes seven days a week. You know, but um, it doesn't feel like work. So, you know, yeah. kind of putting the work in is not always the most difficult thing, you know. And I think, you know, when when I talk to your, you know, to your students at, at Kentucky, for instance, it's like if you choose this, you have to choose this, like, you know, grab it by both hands and 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 really love it. Right. So, yes. Yes, um, that, that's sure. where, you know, we can we can easily put in the work ethic. The work ethic is there because we love what we do. And yes. uh, and that, that makes things easier. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. And number then the eight, final one. Yeah. Listen to your horse. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're working with an animal, of course, that, you know, like we ha- we have to consider their wants and needs and and health and mental health and, and more than our own more than our need for ribbons and our need for, for, uh, you know, sports prestige, as it were, they, they, they always have to come number one. They do. They do. And this was an awesome list advice from equestrian stars to young hopefuls. And it was on the FEI website. And I just, I felt like it was an amazing message for our tip this week. And I hope it helps, um, again, for our trust design tip of the week. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Send them our way. If you have any, you know, fun things to tell us about the show or how you enjoy the show or how you have enjoyed the show for the last 10 years, feel free to send us an email. We would love it. We would uh, love that fan mail um, because we will get it on the show. Uh, we do have a book club book coming. We're working on it right now. Phil, Phil's working on it and we can't wait to announce it because I think it will be a good one for us all to enjoy for the summer. So as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show for 10 years. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. 
If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we can't wait for our show next week. (laughs) 